Wow, a lot of exciting things, right? All right. Well, can you believe that the semester is almost over? That's another exciting thing, right? <laughs> okay. Um, this is, you only have one more presidential chapel left. And as it always is at the end of a semester, some of you are graduating and are not coming back. Many of you are going to come back. So this is a very good time for self-assessment. And I would like each and every one of you to ask the question, who am I? Have I grown? And what does the Lord want me to do? Now, so many times we ask that question and we think long-term and we think about our life and, and many of you expressed that to me and said, I'm really praying for God's will and I don't know what God will do in my life. But you know what? Sometimes we have to read a book one page at a time, one chapter at a time. And most of the time, the Lord doesn't show you what you will be doing in 20 years. But he shows you what he wants you to do today and what he wants you to do this summer. So I am going to challenge you with, with a few things and challenge myself as well. And I actually had about three weeks ago or so, I felt that the Lord impressed a topic on my heart. And I was like, I think I should share that with the students. And then on Sunday night, as I took the time and started thinking about chapel and started praying, there was one theme that the Lord was laying on my heart very strongly, and it wasn't the theme that I had in mind. So I was a little bit distraught. I'm like, oh my goodness, now what? And the theme was exhort them to be strong in me. Exhort them to be strong in me. And as I was thinking back on the semester, and I was thinking about the various messages that were delivered here, so many of them were dealing with different aspects of becoming stronger in the Lord. And that is going to be something I'm going to challenge you with, because we live in serious times. And we cannot afford to be feeble and weak. We cannot afford not to know the truth. Because as many times it was spoken in this place, we do believe and many of us feel that even tougher times are coming. And so what are we going to do to be strong in the Lord? As I was researching this, I was like, okay, what does the Bible say? I, I could quote several verses that talk about being strong in the Lord. But as I looked it up, there are so many verses that challenge you to be strong in the Lord. And I am going to use several of them. I'm going to use a lot of verses. And I challenge you to even go back later on, maybe during the summer. And study it on your own. And really examine and ask yourself the question, what do I need to do to be strong in the Lord? So I'm going to run through several of the verses. Keep in mind that there are many, many more. 
and I don't know if, if uh, Joe is going to be able to keep up with me. He's going to show some of the verses. I'm going to try to run quickly through it. When my husband looked at my notes, he said, very good, but you will take an hour and a half, so prepare to skip lunch today. <laughs> okay. No, I'll try. <laughs> Mark is objecting. He must be hungry. <laughs> okay. Deuteronomy 31.6. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. 2 Samuel 10.12. Be of good courage and let us be strong for our people. And for the cities of our God. And may the Lord do what is good in his sight. I think that this verse is very appropriate for today's times in America. May the Lord do what is good in his sight. Second Chronicles 15, 7. But you be strong and do not let your hands be weak. For your work shall be rewarded. First Corinthians, now New Testament, just in case you would say, well, this is just Old Testament. 1 Corinthians 16, 13, watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. Ephesians 6, 10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And there are many, many more verses that challenge us. Not, it's a good idea to be strong in the Lord. Not, Consider that perhaps you should be strong in the Lord. No, be strong in the Lord. That's a command. Be strong in the Lord and in his power. Be strong, be strong. There are so many verses that challenge us, command us to be strong in the Lord. So what exactly does that mean? How do we gain strength? Let's first consider the physical component. As I was Thinking about it, you know, pretty much everybody who has any kind of physical part of a job, whether it's police force, whether it's far, firefighters, soldiers, any kind of military, uh, athletes, they all need strength. But it's not just for the sake of doing sports or bragging, you know, I can lift so much of dead weight or I can lift this or this or that. It's, that's not the point. The strength is actually considered to be the initial phase of building muscle stamina, of increasing work capacity, and building durability. And without strength, you cannot do any of that. So what really is strength needed? It's not just to show off or to do sports or to be excellent as an athlete. That's not even the point. It is also to prevent injury and sometimes even to save your life or to save the life of your partner. So strength is extremely important. Now, how about the spiritual strengths? It's pretty much the same process. It is a process. You are not going to be strong overnight. Today I'm weak, but tomorrow I'll be strong. It doesn't work that way. It is a process. It requires consistent work. It requires endurance, both physically and spiritually. 
It is all the same concept. So what do we do spiritually? How does that work? David is a very good example. He was anointed to be the king and he knew that. He knew there was a special anointing on his life. There was a special calling on his life. He experienced the, the Lord in powerful ways as a young man, a very young man. And then he had to hide. And then he had to uh, run away. And one time, you can read about it in 1 Samuel chapter 30, when he returned from battle. I will read verse 6, 1 Samuel 30. Six. Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters. Keep in mind, they were his friends. They were his companions, and they were ready to stone him. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. How did he do it? How did he do it? Let's read Psalm 27, 14, written by David. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he shall strengthen you. He shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. David learned a very important lesson on how to strengthen himself in the Lord. And that is to wait for him. Let's consider for a minute what robs us of strength. Why do we lose strength? I mean, a lot of you have been here for three years. Some of you have been here for four years. Some of you have been here for two years and others for just a year. But many of you have been walking with the Lord for a long time, have come and been raised in Christian homes. And you might look at yourself and ask the question, am I strong in the Lord? And if I am not, why not? So let's consider some of the factors that rob us of strength. The first one, and there are many, but I'm not going to because, again, you would have to skip lunch. So I'm not going to talk about many of the factors. I'm just going to pick a few that I think are very relevant. And based on my observation of my life and my experience, and you as I'm watching you, I think these factors are very, very important, especially for a group of people your age. But really, it's regardless of age, it applies to all of us. Fear is one of them. When we are afraid, it basically paralyzes us, depending on the strength of that fear. A lot of you might be dealing with anxiety that is not necessarily in your control because it could be hormonal, there could be other issues, other factors. That's not what I'm addressing. But I'm addressing fear. Fear of losing a friend. Fear of not being accepted. Fear of doing the right thing because they will think that I'm weird. This is all 
These are all factors that cripple us many times, paralyze us many times, and cause us to make wrong choices. So let's see what the Bible says about fear. I'm going to read Joshua 1.9 again. There are many verses that address fear. Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. It doesn't only apply to enemies and to war and everything else. Sometimes the fear of things that is not tangible or seen or that you put a finger on it can be greater. The fear of your child going the wrong way, the fear of losing someone that you love, that can be very, very strong. Joshua 10, 25, do not be afraid nor be dismayed. Pretty much the same words. Be strong and of good courage. Isaiah 41, 10, fear not for I am with you. Be not, be, be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. Do you believe the word of God? Do you really believe the word of God? Do you believe that the word of God is inerrant? Let's read that again. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. Is this something that you can put your feet on? Is this something that you can really trust? This is the word of God. And if we focus and place our eyes on this and on the Lord and cling to him, even when nothing makes sense. I can't help but think of Simon Tanner, who just lost a 19-year-old daughter. I cannot imagine greater pain than losing your own child. And it seems so senseless. But in the midst of it all, you must trust that he holds this whole world in his hands. And that he had a purpose. Even when you do not understand it. So many of you have difficulties in your life. It might be your family. You're crying out to the Lord and you're saying, Lord, why are my parents this way? Or why is my sister or this or that? Why aren't they believers? Some of you do not have Christian homes. And you might be crying to the Lord and saying, why? The word of God does not change and God does not change regardless of the circumstances. He still promises to help you. He is not promising to solve it for you in a way that you think it should be solved. But he is promising to help you and to do it in a way that will glorify him. Even when you do not understand it. In other verse, 1 Chronicle 28, 20. 
And David said to his son Solomon, be strong and of good courage and do it. Do not fear nor be dismayed for the Lord God, my God. David knew his God because what? He learned how to do what? Wait on the Lord. To wait on the Lord. And he said to him, my God will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you until you have finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. Solomon had a job to do. And David was confident that God will help him finish. What is another factor that very often can rob us of courage and cause us to be weak? Pride. Many of us feel we can do it on our own. We want to do it on our own. Some of you have shared testimonies. I did not apply for mentorship because I thought I can do it on my own. Some of you said, I didn't ask for help because I believe I can do it on my own. And then when you don't succeed, you kind of feel bad. You are really down on yourself. And so even more, you start pretending everything is great and fine. But no, it's not. And it's a spiral effect. And you are going down because now you are mad at yourself. Now you are pretending, even lying, because you are saying everything is great. Yeah, I am fine. I'm great. No problem. Yes, I'm really doing very well, Sister Danuta. But really, you are not. So sometimes in order to be strong, we need each other. And we need to understand that that's what a church is for. And to demonstrate it, I am going to ask Shania to come over here. Shania, permission to push you a little bit around. Turn around, okay? See, if Shania doesn't know what I'm doing and she's looking forward and I'm like, I come behind her and I'll do this. Hey, she's going to fly, okay? But now I'm going to ask Eve and Vivian to come next to Shania and hold her and just really lock their arms just like this. Now, I am going to come behind. I am the tempter, and I'm going to try to make her stumble, and I'm going to push. She's not flying. Let's me try again. She's not flying. Thank you, ladies. Sorry, Shania. I hope you will not be sore. I pushed very hard. Especially the second time. That is why we need each other. Because it's very easy to push you when you are standing on your own. And when the devil comes and messes with your mind and distracts you and gives you thoughts and tells you you are no good and, and you are a failure and you are this and that and you will never succeed. It's easy to yield to that. But if you have somebody who is standing next to you, if you have somebody who will say, wait a minute, what did we just read? He will help you. He promised. He gave you all the tools there right here. But you have to pick it up. 
See, so many times you guys are praying and everybody else is praying, Lord, deliver me, deliver me, deliver me. Well, he has already done it. He saved you. He delivered you. He freed you from bondage. He gave you those promises. They are all in front of you, but you have to pick it up. You are not, he is not going to force you. You know, just like with Peter, when he was on the boat and Jesus was walking on water and Jesus and Peter said, Lord, have me come to you. He had to step out of the boat. Jesus did not reach him and pull him out of the boat. He had to step out. And so often you have to step out. You have to pick up that tool. And so let's see what tools do we have. Going back to pride. Second Chronicles 34, 27. Because your heart was tender. And you humbled yourself before God when you heard his words against this place and against its inhabitants. And you humbled yourself before me. And you tore your clothes and wept before me. I also have heard you, says the Lord. When we humble ourselves, when we humble ourselves on behalf of somebody, on behalf of our nation, on behalf of ourselves, and we are vulnerable and we admit and we look for help, you will be helped. So if you cannot do it alone, and many times we cannot, let's ask for help. And let's build a system. Let's Take the tools that have been given to you that will help you to be strong in the Lord. Daniel 10, 12 says, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before, the God, before your God, your words were heard. And I have come because of your words. But what did he do? He humbled himself. Another factor is accepting defeat, giving up, having a victim's mentality or a loser's mentality. Well, I'm just a loser. I will never succeed. Well, you know, I'm just not good at it. I will never succeed. Yeah, I'm horrible academically. Sister Danuta, there is just no way, no hope for me. If you have that mentality, you will not even try. Of course you won't succeed. If you don't show up at a battlefield, you are not going to win the battle. If you don't sit down and study, no, you are going to fail the exam. I'm sorry. If you don't sit down and do the assignment, yeah, you are going to get a zero, okay? Nobody can give you anything more than that because you didn't turn it in. But first of all, if you do your best, if you sit down, if you try, you will succeed. You don't have to get an A. It's not about grades. It's about doing what God has called you to do. Doing and fulfilling the responsibility that God has given you. Each and every one of us has responsibilities. You as a student, me as a staff member, whatever God has given us, let us do our part. See, it is being faithful in what God has given you that is strengthening you. It is a process. So sometimes, why is it that nobody misses, at least, you know, 
I shouldn't say probably nobody, but at least 98% of people do not forget to go to work, even if the work is irregular and part-time. Why? Because they schedule it. Why? Because they put it on calendar. It's a very rare exception. Why do people, when they have an important meeting, they make it? Most of you, occasionally some of you forget to show up, but if we make an appointment, if I make an appointment with you, absolutely most of you always are there and on time. Sometimes I don't make it on time, especially if I have a lunch and I'm walking to College Hall, sometimes I'm five minutes late and you are already there sitting there. Why? Because it's important to you. Why is it that we miss so often meeting with the Lord? Why is it that so often you don't end up meeting with him? Is a meeting more with somebody else on campus more important? Or is going to work more important? See, let's be practical. Many times it is because you don't schedule it. You don't have a schedule. You don't put it on calendar. It's a very little practical tool that you have on your phones. Schedule it and then stick to it. Treat it responsibly. Because if you are going to wait to read the Bible until it's one o'clock in the morning, guess what? There is going to be very little fruit from it. Because most likely you are exhausted and it's just the notion, eh? yes, yes, Lord, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, okay, good. All right. And the final one that I want to touch on is distraction. How many of you read paper Bible? I'm thrilled to see that. See, I love my Bible on my iPad, but it is much easier to get distracted. And some of us are very good at fighting that distraction. But I do have my Facebook off and my Instagram off and all of those little chat rooms and everything else is off. We turn it on once, once a day. But many of you are learning how not to be distracted. Perhaps you are not there yet to fight it. So again, be practical. It is extremely hard not to get distracted when you get a, a message from your friend, when you, somebody is on your chat group and, and you see what's happening and you're reading the Bible, but you know what, you're looking here and then going back to Psalms. Yeah, mm -hmm, oh, oh, wait a minute, what is he doing? Take practical steps to avoid distraction, to eliminate distraction. Some of you are so distracted with the phone, turn it off. <laughs> Thank you. Some of you go to your room with the intent of doing an assignment and writing a paper and you sit down and you say, well, just one video clip, it's, you know, it's five minutes. And how many times two hours go by and you don't even know when? Avoid distractions. Be practical about it. If you are struggling with management of your phone, turn it off. In your schedule, you know that you are supposed to have right now time for writing a research paper or time to meet with the Lord. Avoid distractions. How do I become strong in the Lord? Wait on him. But be practical, schedule it, and then stick to it. And you know what's even worse? What's even uh, strong, going to make you stronger? If you are going to find accountability partners. And actually, I recommend two. 
one who is your peer and that you work with them. Another one that perhaps is your parent, your uh, staff member, anybody, but an older person. You give them a schedule and you say, can you just randomly call me maybe once a week or twice a week, literally for two minutes. I will do it at any time just to check if I am following my schedule, the schedule that I designed. How do you stay strong in the Lord? By taking steps by steps, waiting for the Lord, letting his word abide in your heart, spending time with him and being practical. You are not going to get from point one to point 10 overnight. Remember, it's a process. How do I get strong? Day by day. And if you fall down, get up and go again and try again. Stop putting yourself down, but get up and try again and try again and make practical steps that will help you to become strong in the Lord. Because you know what? The Lord called you to be a soldier. Did you know that? You are called to be a soldier. And I'm going to end with this verse. Actually, it's a few verses. 2 Timothy chapter 2. You therefore, my son, be strong. Again, that command. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Skipping verse 2. Verse 3, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. I said that before, I'm going to repeat it. I can't help but think that we are going to face even more of that. And you are the generation that needs to be strong, that needs to stand on your two feet, that needs to know the truth, and that needs to be trained and equipped as soldiers of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Don't entangle yourself. This is the time of preparation. This is the time of becoming strong. We need to get strong before the war comes. This is the time, and the Lord is calling you to be strong. I challenge you not to waste the summer. What is he calling you to do? To strengthen yourself in the Lord. Use the summer wisely and become strong in the Lord. Use the summer so that when you get here, you don't start all over, but you get here stronger than when you left. Let's stand together. Let's come before him. And you make a decision before the Lord. You heard a few practical tools. You have a choice. You can pick it up and apply it or not. You have a choice to be a weak soldier who has no stamina, who has no durability and does not endure. That kind of a soldier may inquire injury and even lose his life or her. But the Lord is calling you to strengthen yourself. And this is the time that he is giving you. Strengthen yourself. And I will help you. Lord, I commit every single student into your hands.
I commit all our staff into your hands. And I pray that all of us would become stronger in you. May we be strengthened. May we use this time that you are giving us wisely to strengthen ourselves, to be strong in the Lord, to be strong in you, so that when the time comes and we need to fight, when the devil tempts us and we need to fight the spiritual warfare, we are ready, we are strong, and we have strength because you gave it to us. You promised it to us, but we must do our part. I commit all of them to your hands and pray that you would open their eyes and that you may the Lord give you understanding in all things. That's how 2 Timothy 2 is finished. And I say the same thing. May the Lord give you understanding, the desire and strength, and may you do your part. Blessings to you all. Enjoy lunch.